Hello everyone and welcome to episode 3, season 2 of the iSphere. I'm I. I'm Joy. And we absolutely weren't talking about what we wanted to talk about on this stream two minutes <laughs> before we started. Um, we do have a whole bunch of stuff planned, um, but Joy, you had a particular idea that I think we can maybe start with. So... This is something that I've been mulling over in my head for a while, and it was literally how aesthetics are ruining people's lives. And it was a it was a gripe I had because I was in the the Writer War tag the other night, and I've been trying to organise an author community on Tumblr, and the Writer War tag would be the ideal place to do it. Unfortunately, it's full of aesthetic goals instead of actual networking and communicating, mm. which threw me on a whole like tangent in my head about everything I've been seeing on Instagram with like the the aesthetic restocks and like aesthetic homes and it's like it's homes that looks like nobody lives in them and yeah. it really annoyed me because I've been doing it's no secret I talk about a lot about ADHD and organizing your home and a lot of the stuff that is originally been used by these aesthetic things were like body doubling hacks that were used by other people with executive dysfunction to like kind of organize their lives and feel connected with people and now it's just like you know oh watch me restock my really expensive coffee bar that you'll never be able to afford yeah and so it's kind of, kind it's, of it's, yeah. moving i don't want to i don't want to use the term life hack because i think that's like overused to shit but like yeah genuinely like organizing tips and stuff that have now evolved into and I, i've seen some of the videos as well on like tiktok and it's like it's always the like kind of upper middle class like suburban mum type that's yeah. like filling like pack is, is like packing her husband's lunch and like everything that she does and how she restocks like the cupboard and has like it's, you could almost like put a ruler and like like you could measure the distance between like the granola bars and shit like that. Um, Again, is if people if that's a manageable so I'm going to talk about um, ADHD systems because that's what I'm familiar with, but it can be used by anyone who struggles to keep their home organized. It's not exclusive to people with ADHD. It's very helpful if you have depression or anything that causes executive dysfunction. And a lot of it is these clear plastic bins are really good for people that lack object permanence, which it's a very kind of ha-ha joke, like, oh, you've got ADHD, you have lack of object permanence, you're a baby. It's literally part of your brain cannot store the information of, oh, yes, the granola bars are in that drawer. So you resort to using clear acrylic plastic bins so that you can find things and easily feed yourself and keep your home like semi organized instead of like chaos and now it's being used for like um watch me fill up this jar with like 50 dollars worth of like laundry detergent <laughs> it's yeah. like i like i understand that some people find these organizing things soothing but at the same time it's just a lot of these tiktok and instagrams are just people making these things and getting paid for creating unachievable aesthetics that were originally used for organizing your home in a way that to reduce stress and yeah. i have the exact opposite reaction when i watch these videos now they make me stress because i'm going i don't have an organized coffee bar i have a jar and a coffee grinder and it's all of like you know it's it's things like it creates a very kind of almost like fomo experience because you're like thinking to yourself 
Well, all these other people have got their shit together. I, if I tried really hard, I too could have a beautifully aesthetic kitchen. When what I really use these things for is to have a functional kitchen. Yeah, I mean, I think um, from yeah, like from my experience, like even seeing like Instagram homes and stuff, none of this ever feels lived in. It feels like it's like churned for, for content, and it is. Yeah, I don't know. I've never, I've never liked the idea of um, like uh, so many modern builds in Scotland. At least, um, there's just people who go in and it's all white and it's all grey and it's all silver and there's no colour allowed colour is banned and none yeah. of these places feel like they feel right for making weird aesthetic content in but like it's, I, I kind of actually feel the same way about it when I see people's like setups um, when like lots of streamers like decorate their their streaming setup and you know they've got like lovely lights around the monitor and it's all very pristine mm-hmm. and clean my desk right now i don't want to show you my desk right now my desk right <laughs> now is a minefield of just garbage and not like actual garbage but like just stuff um well it's a flat surface so it gets used for like oh i'm gonna put this here well and then yeah you... like i mean i've got i've got like a cup that needs washed i've got like, I, I like when when I get ready in the morning, I don't like standing in front of a mirror and doing, like, a, a face thing or, like, putting beard oil mm-hmm. in or anything like that. So I just have it on my desk here because why wouldn't I? Like, it's the place I come and I start, like, work. Plus, it's directly in front of me, so it reminds me that I need to put this stuff on. Um, Literally have all my makeup and stuff here because that's where I do it. I only yeah. <laughs> I only do a full face of makeup for streams now, and even then, it's not even a full face. But Aww. like, it's it's that kind of um, it, it's where you live, it's where you work, and where you function. Yeah, and that's what's important. And it's it's very alienating to see like, I mean, there was one I watched this morning, um, and it was like a bathroom restock, and I was staring at it. I'm going, this person's bathroom cabinet is like my weekly grocery shop like the, the amount of money <laughs> they're spending on like like oh this is the guest bathroom and it's filled with like, like lovely little things like miniature shampoos and razors and all sorts of stuff and i'm like my guests are lucky if i throw a basket at them that has like <laughs> extra toothbrushes in it a little bit of tooth like the miniature travel toothpaste maybe some tampons and some other stuff and that's it they do not get like a full cabinet restock for them because a they're not going to use all that and b like i feel it's very consumery yeah do you not think there's a kind of there's like a kind of weird crossover just you saying like oh this is what i stock the guest bathroom with you're not a fucking hotel and i kind of feel like like I, i have seen videos where like people put you know the wee kind of wrapped up disposable soaps that you would see in a hotel like you're not a hotel. You're, you're like you've got a house that you live in. Although, to be perfectly honest, I would not be fucking surprised if a lot of these aesthetic videos were people like restocking their Airbnbs. Maybe that, that would abs- that. that would absolutely not surprise me at all. This is now an Airbnb rant. Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with that too. Yeah, the the rest um... the rest of the episode is just complete Airbnb <laughs> war. Um, but yeah, like I, I obviously the the guest bathrooms one thing because I mean I suppose if like you know 
a majority of homes I think have one bathroom. Um, they might have a, a spare toilet, um, but it's I'd say it's quite rare for homes here to have two bathrooms. Um, and the like, I don't know, to have a full separate guest bathroom ensuite type thing. Uh, I mean, I suppose it could be an ensuite, but like, how big are these people's fucking homes? <laughs> Some of them, the, there was one that I, I'm very guilty. I do a lot of like home renovation stuff on Instagram. But mm. it's because I'm also, I'm always looking for things that are like, um, like the, I follow a lot of like neurodivergent people that renovate homes and stuff. And I'm always looking for like, the one system that will save me. There isn't one. There's multiple systems that help me wrangle my brain. But um, there was one uh, woman who was just like, oh, yeah, like, the, here's my modest home. And it was a fucking, like, 90s McMansion. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, like, a three-story house. And I was like, your modest home? Yeah. <laughs> my, my humble abode? <laughs> you, can, you can fit my entire house into your living room, ma'am. Um, but, Fuck yeah, so. it was... You know, and I also actually I got into a fight with um another one the other day because she was talking about how um open shelving is a trend that is yeah, so open shelving she's like it's ugly it forces you to style things and it, it just takes so much effort and I'm like who what forces you to style it who's forcing you to style your open shelf I want you to can see use it for things. purely functional stuff like I want to be able to see where my bowls are and then she's like yeah but then you have to clean it and I'm going. But if I'm putting it with stuff that I'm using every day, whilst it's in the dishwasher, I just wipe it off. Yeah. Like, but it was this it was this whole, like, she could not understand that her type of neurodivergency was different from mine. And she refused, her way was the only right way. <laughs> uh, and I was just like, no, <laughs> like, you cannot say this is the one, this will save you. This is the one thing that will change the way your brain works. It's not. Like, it's a series of systems that I have that makes my home function for me and not me having to adhere to a certain standard that i cannot attain and yeah. I, I i don't want to try i'm tired i don't want to live an aesthetic lifestyle if the aesthetic lifestyle forces me to buy into a level of consumerism that is just the same as everyone else's like and that's a big part of it too like i sent you one of those articles this morning and it was aesthetic mm -hmm. used to mean your own personal style and sense of beauty aesthetic is now being pushed as conformity and oh it's, buy this product that i linked on amazon it's, it's also weirdly being used as like a noun in some cases specifically yeah. to refer to that like gray <laughs> gray silver house oh that is so so aesthetic yeah yes. it's a house that you can't drink red wine in <laughs> excellent <laughs> this is exactly yeah. what we want um but yeah, I think like there's there's a ton of videos like that. One thing I would say that is maybe the cure to these videos is the um the the TikToks where you always see us like a swimming pool, like someone's private swimming pool getting cleaned. <laughs> I'm a massive Aww. I'm a massive fan of that. It's like it's so fucking good. I know <laughs> it absolutely it gives like quite a lot of people the ick, but like I love seeing like I love seeing pipes get unclogged. I think that's that's good. <laughs> I don't know why I find that good, but it's good. There's this really um, mental one that I saw, and it's like this specific type of weed that can grow, and at on like it starts on the edges of open pipes that go out into the ocean or whatever, but it can like oh, yeah. it can grow it can grow inside. I think it's 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 got a funny name, but 
It's really cool, but like there was a video of it, and it is fucking rank, right? It looks like green pus pouring out this pipe. Um, mm-hmm. And this guy's got gloves on, and he goes and he like digs away at it in, the, in his finger, and you you see the water like slowly eking out, and then it just goes whoosh. Um, it's very cleansing to the soul. So I, maybe I, yeah, maybe there's... that's my version of the aesthetic videos that people really <laughs> like to watch. I like. But to, watch... to me, that <laughs> almost feels like productive. Because it's someone tackling something messy and it's right. something that needs to be done. And it's... I watch a lot of... Originally, I used to watch a lot of Clean With Me videos because it gives you the effect of body doubling. Which for anyone who's not aware, body doubling is when you piggyback off of each other's productivity to get stuff done. Um, it's sort of like parallel, parallel play for kids when you're sitting next to each other and you're just painting. The, the other kid gets into the vibe as well because there's two people doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, and the, the Clean With Me videos I used to watch were very kind of like, it was very tired moms, their house is a disaster. It, Casey Davis still does them with her house. She's an actual like ADHD um, Casey psychologist. Davis is great, but actually, I was going to bring her up. And it's, the houses are messy and it's like, I'm going to clean this whole space. And it, it does make you feel motivated because you're thinking, oh, that maybe took them like 15 minutes. I bet I could do you know that 15 minute as well and i could get my little corner cleaned up as well whereas now all these clean with me videos are like pleasing asmr and like yeah. like very gently filling like your q-tips in one at a time so that they're perfectly <laughs> you know lined up and it's like uh, it annoys me too because a lot of the language is co-opted as i'm so ocd i do this and as someone who has i don't have full-blown ocd i have the whatever's beneath it um it pisses me off because I have friends that have OCD and it's not like, oh, my Q-tips aren't perfectly lined up. It's literally the intrusive thoughts are so bad. If I don't do this, yeah. someone I love is going to die. And it annoys me so much when it's like, oh, I'm so OCD. My house is not perfectly organized. I'm like, that's not what that means. Yeah. No, I mean, um, I feel like the the conversation around like the misuse of OCD and the mi- even the misuse of the term invasive thoughts there was like one particular like tweet that went kind of big this oh week yeah that was like uh, me you know, giving into my intrusive thoughts was yeah. like bestie that's an impulsive thought that's very yeah. different <laughs> it was gave gave into my intrusive thoughts and got tattooed oh wow <laughs> yeah it's like not not great at all i think um, my, yeah. you you raised a really good point there about the like the productivity aspect of the like obviously the body doubling and jumping off of people's productivity mm-hmm. like the people who are doing these like aesthetic videos where they're like stacking like granola bars or whatever there there's this veneer of them actually not being all that productive like one of the articles that um you sent me about it and i was reading it was like one of the women says that she she packs and repacks and repacks until she gets the best shot and sometimes she's putting granola bars away for like 45 minutes. Yeah. And there was one woman, it was an hour and a half. She was I, filming the same sandwich for an hour and a half trying to get the perfect shot. And I'm like, that's not mentally healthy. Like, yeah. You realize that's, that's, you know, perfectionism is a, is a you know, it, it perfectionism pops up in a lot of disorders. It can also just be a general thing by itself. And as someone who has done therapy to work on perfectionism as part of my ADHD for the last four years it's very like harming to have that perfect aesthetic um and to have it being shoved down your throat by an algorithm is really really not great but then also the people that are perpetuating it they're making themselves unwell with it because like 
you know, you could have been doing anything else with your time in that hour and a half that you were filming a sandwich. Like, yeah. why? Why? Well, I mean, is <laughs> is like versus some of the. Sorry, you might hear a cat screaming in the background. You can um, hear a bean crying. <laughs> just desperate to be cuddled. Um, I, I don't know where she is. Uh, but the. Like, I think what I found really useful about the Casey Davis stuff is that, like, you know, like, that 15 minutes when, you know, the washing machine's on, or, like, obviously, like, dishwasher may have a longer cycle mm -hmm. or whatever, but, like, using that time to say, like, oh, let's see how much else I can get done, and, like, using that kind of system, like, in a way that's, you know, you are doing something productive, you can mm -hmm. then, like, see, I got 45 minutes of something else done because I was doing this in the meantime. Um, I yeah. find it really useful. I really like see the, I like the way that, like the K uh, Casey Davis kind of broke down the five kind of key things to like properly tidy, um, and like my like I think the favorite one was is like one one of the tasks is you get a bin bag, you go to every single room, and all you're doing is binning rubbish, right? Like crisp packets, mm -hmm. sweetie wrappers. Anything that needs binned gets binned. And that is a task. And you, like, when that's done, you tie the bag and you, you don't take the bag out or anything because that's a separate task. Um, but then similar, you can go to every room and you can pick up all of the, the glasses, all of the all of the dishes that have been, like, you know, a cup that's been moved to one mm -hmm. room or the other. And I find, like, that system's really good for keeping on top of things because I think, like, it's easy to do one of those tasks. Like it's it's easy and well, I say easy. It's it's I I find it easy to motivate myself to do one of those tasks, um, because I see that as being like relatively productive, and then mm -hmm. like the the deeper clean that people talk about can obviously you know be done like later on. But I mean, it, it saves me from having to do the tidy, do the dishes. Yeah. And, and then go, shit, I actually need to deep clean, you know, something else. The thing is, you can't deep clean until you remove the stuff, like, the stuff on the surface. Like, you can't, you know, you're, you can't deep clean your desk if you don't take the dishes away. Yeah, exactly. And it, it can be very, when, when you're in that kind of overwhelmed, visual, being visually overwhelmed is a very common thing with executive dysfunction. And your brain just shuts down because you don't know where to start. So it can be very easy to have a guy that just says, pick up rubbish. Yeah. Because then you go, ah, that's one task, that's okay. I'm going to set, like, because I use a, um, it's a visual timer, because I struggle with time blindness. So this shows me the, how much is actually left of time. Because mm. if it's just the clock for me, I have no idea. But if I see the colour, oh. sorry for that beep, um, it helps me to be like, oh, I've got, like, this much of a pie chart left <laughs> yeah. of, like, the time left to do. Because otherwise, like, you can show me the numbers, you can put a timer on and tell me I've got five minutes, and I will have no clue what that means. I am completely yeah. time blind. And, um... It's probably worth find... mentioning to anyone who's listening on the podcast <laughs> that we did actually see the timer there on screen. You can check yeah. it on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. I can, po I can post it on uh, Tumblr as well, because people always ask me every time I show that off. Nah, that's cool. Um, but the... It, you know, it's kind of like having it broken down is much easier. And the problem for a lot of, even adults with ADHD is we weren't actually taught how to clean as children because it's assumed that everyone knows how. Yeah. And that was a major argument I had with my mother from 
<laughs> since about five years old up until about 26 and it was <laughs> why can't you just clean and i was like i can but i don't know how to maintain it yeah and it was like it was like it's so easy though and i'm like but it's not because the system that my mother wanted me to use did not work for my brain uh, you know it was my mother is very much everything behind a door everything like empty like very like if she had her way she'd be a minimalist but unfortunately she lives with two hoarders uh, which is my dad <laughs> and my brother and uh, i think latching onto me and being like your room needs to be perfect was her way of coping with that and but it gave me a real hang-up over like my like I, my home has to be perfect before people come over otherwise i'm gonna get judged like even yesterday my, my father-in-law was coming over and mothman was like is that okay and i'm like yeah like that's fine he's like well normally you don't like like surprise visitors and i was like well the house isn't too bad and it's you know it's not like they're coming over for dinner like yeah. it's difference between like i'm popping in on a random saturday to hand in something versus i'm coming over for dinner and the house is a bomb site yeah um but I've taken to the kind of like the view of if you want to see me come over, if you want to see my house, make an appointment. Yeah. So it's like you have to warn me because I like I the way we operate is that we have stuff everywhere until we get to organize it. It's, and it's yeah, it's, it's funny because it's like I think there's also um, like I think in general, like society, I would say that the that your mum's way of looking at it is probably mm -hmm. what's regarded as the norm. Because, you know, you know, Come Dine With Me, the show. Yes. So for anyone who doesn't know Come Dine With Me, the premise is it's, a, it's home cooks. It's like four or five home cooks and they all cook for each other on uh, each day of the week. And then they, they vote on each other's like food and entertainment and, and all the rest of it. And... Uh, the one thing, like, not that I would ever put myself forward for come down with me anyway, but the one thing that I always thought looked fucking the most exhausting out of all of it was the fact that the house had to be immaculate because the cameras that would go in, they would follow the other guests around your house and they would judge the level of cleanliness. And you saw, like, you know, guests in the house running their fingers up the banister to check for dust and you're sitting there like, what the fuck this person's cooking you a meal by inspecting their home yeah. as well and also <laughs> like i remember those episodes they go into the bedroom and i'm like excuse you yeah what the fuck that, that's my the door is closed for a reason like that's the space where i throw all my shit when you're coming over like that's I <laughs> no i'm fucking there what are you doing <laughs> get out of my room <laughs> yeah yeah it's, but like, it, it's, it's that kind of very like i remember that as a, as a kid like my mum would force us to like my my godmother would be coming over and my mum would be like clean your bedroom and i'm like why she's not gonna go upstairs into my bedroom but yeah. she might i'm like why why <laughs> she shouldn't be <laughs> but the whole house like the whole had, house had, had to be, to be had so to like, be clean yeah and I, I, she's coming to visit me in September. I know she's going to have a heart attack when she sees my current kitchen because I have everything on, like, hooks that I can see them. I've got everything in glass jars that I can see them. I've got everything. Like, I took my kitchen cabinets off, the, like, the, the, shell, the, the doors, yeah. so that I could see what I had. And I love it. It, lo it looks dated because the kitchen cabinets that they are, are from the 90s. But, yeah. like, I can find things which is something I can't say about my mother's kitchen back home. And, like, it will literally be like, where's this kept? And it depends on who put it away. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, can't do it. 
Um, and it, it, it bothers me because there's so many people that are in these neurodivergent spaces saying, this is, you know, if you do this, this will stop you from having executive dysfunction. And I'm like, no, it won't. The person has to find their own system. Yeah. And sometimes it'll be multiple systems Frankenstein together because, you know, one true thing is not like, you know, speaking of ADHD, it fluctuates. One day I will be fine with visual clutter. The next I will have a meltdown because there's too much stuff. Mm. And it's it's very kind of like almost like snake oily to be like, this will fix you if you do the one true thing. And I hate it's, it so much. It's weird because so. there's so much parallels between that and like, like the kind of exercise fitness TikTok as well. Like, yes, there's there's a lot of like, I mean, the amount of times that I come across a TikTok and like a lot of the time it isn't the personal trainers doing it. There are some dodgy personal trainers out there, but the majority of them that I've seen have at least got their head kind of screwed on with regards to you know different people like losing weight and getting healthy mm -hmm. at different rates but you come across like there was there was one i came across the other day and it was like this woman like here's how i lost like eight kilograms in like three weeks and then just decided to like blurt out like just so much like non-scientific pish that doesn't help anyone but was Def, like this is the only way you can do it this is the blanket method that will appeal to everyone <laughs> everyone can do this and it's it's not the same it's just i un i unfriended a friend recently for doing that and it was somebody that i've known for a while and they were posting about how you know you just have to keep cutting calories and doing more and i'm like they've shown that that doesn't work long term like they've they've shown you mm. and they're like yeah well myths about this like your genetics are not like making you like this way and that and i'm like and i had to eventually say something like you realize the reason you lost a shit ton of weight is because you came off of a crap ton of steroids because mm. steroids make you gain like if you're not like using them to gain muscle like the the, the muscle burrows do it makes yeah. you gain weight eventually yeah of course and it was the it's whole why... no, it's because it's, yeah it's because i cut calories and did this and it's like it's but, not i think okay. like not to like i don't think we need to dwell too much on the like the weight side of things mm -hmm. i know we've kind of probably ambushed some people with that um apologies but they like i i do find it particularly interesting that there are a lot of people out there who have lost weight who because they lost weight think they can advise people how to yes and they get it completely fucking wrong because they don't know the science they don't like know the specifics of anyone that they're trying to advise and they just come out with like kind of pseudoscience garbage um is is really how it kind of lands um and it's a it's shame a very, it's a very kind of um you know it is it's the very kind of like well i did it so you can do it and it completely ignores the yeah. fact that other people are not you like it's, it's very hyper individualistic to yeah. think that everyone has the same it's, body as you because I, I used to um like there's a, like a particular subreddit there's like get motivated and it used to be filled with like really like looking back on it now it's like really kind of like cringe like quotes like meaningful motivational quotes mm -hmm. um but there was always um there was always before and after shots of people who've like gotten fit or like you know lost a lot of weight or, or whatever it was 
and like i always hated like looking at the comments of it because there was always one person going oh how did you do it and then the person would set out a fucking guide of like this is exactly what i did i was i was eating a boiled chicken and boiled peas and three chips for like and sorry not even chips white rice for fucking like 12 months for breakfast lunch and dinner i was, and the, I was like the, the diet that hugh jackman described as torture <laughs> yeah it's like I, I just so bad like yeah you know i i just i don't i don't like seeing that stuff now and when previously a younger version of me was probably quite enthused and motivated by it it just doesn't fucking eh, it makes me it makes me want to get unfit when i read these that stuff <laughs> like i want to i want to get unfit out of spite it's like fuck just like who are you to try and advise someone like there's obviously yeah. there's obviously good advice out there but like tiktok tends to have a very bad mix tiktok uh, doesn't push you the best advice it pushes you the most viral and I that again with the home thing, a lot of cleaning TikTok is just like, here's how to make chlorine gas. And it's like, <laughs> that, like they're not intentionally trying to do that, but the stuff that they're doing, like they're mixing like seven to ten different chemicals to get the ultimate sheen. And I'm like, that's just, oh, it's you've, bad. You've just reminded me of something because I remember it was like how to make your clothes like be the comfiest, right? And this woman had like an open top a uh, a uh, wa- washing machine, and mm-hmm. I, t- I, I tripped over washing machine. There. Um, but like, so she she was just she was ladling like fucking so many detergents on top. And, like you saw there was there was the powder, there was the liquid, there was the everything, and I was just sitting there like, why are you treating your laundry like fucking baking a cake there was so much i'm not joking there was like five or six different fucking products in here it's like you don't need all that you absolutely don't need all that um is is nuts but i mean it is it, that very kind of like i get really annoyed when it's like oh i use this the, those scent booster things mm-hmm. um i'm biased because they give me anaphylaxis okay. so <laughs> i hate a lot of scented laundry detergents because a lot of them are using the chemical and synthetic stuff that's actually really not that great for people that have fragrance yeah. disabilities and there was one that i watched and it was literally this is how i keep everything smelling nice and i i remember watching this tiktok and it was like they had those scent beads like all through their house i remember right. looking at it and going you don't know what normal smells like anymore, do you? You have no concept of what clean smells like. You just have this idea of like chemical yeah, freshness, art, like yeah, like artificial freshness. Um, yeah, nah, that's that's nuts. But yeah, it, I think yeah, it's, aesthetic videos. It, like, it's funny seeing something transform from what was originally a very almost life hacky but also just like genuinely good techniques and advice for people who maybe um struggle with the kind of mainstream way of like this is how you keep a house yeah today. um like an alternative way so that and it helped removed a lot of, it, it, removed, it removed a lot of the shame because it was oh there's other people that don't know how to do that yeah to see it kind of co-opted yeah. into the um the endless cereal cabinets and the the laundry detergent being put into different bottles and shit. It's just like, uh, 
Um, but the, I will say there are sometimes reasons for like so. I put my dishwashing powder into a jar because it's more accessible for my bendy fingers to do that than to lift the whole thing up for me. Mm-hmm. And that also annoys me because there are th- there are reasons that these aesthetic things can work. But then there's people who just take it too far and it's literally just making money off of reels. Mm. And it's like, it showcases a, a lifestyle that they're not actually living, but they're making money off of it by making yeah. you think, oh yeah, people do live this way. I am sure some people do, but I also think they've probably got you know, more money than cents, some of them. And probably a hell of a lot of cleaning staff. Yes, exactly. They've probably got hired help that comes in and does stuff. Yeah. Um, Like, I think think that's one of the things about, like, the squeaky clean kitchens and stuff like that. It's like, nobody cooks here. You know, your cabinets might look great and they might be filled with all all the nice pastas and all the rest, but nobody fucking cooks in here at all. Um, But yeah. Yeah. Anyway, right. that we, was we my gonna, rant. We're, we're, <laughs> we're going we're to tie that up in a bow. I've realised that we, we managed to pick a, a topic there, Joy, that we didn't have a natural way of transitioning to any of our topics. There was topics. no tangent for it. Yeah, there was, there was zero tangent. So, uh, we'll talk about So what I was doing this week. I was in Rome on Monday. That's right, and, you were. <laughs> and Tuesday and Wednesday. But it, it, like, I, feel, I feel like it was weeks ago um like <laughs> january is the longest fucking month in of all time this I, i've seen before we started this month has been three months long it is fucking hellish um but yeah me and jessica were in rome and we managed to pack so much stuff into like two days um we walked, I saw some of your pictures <laughs> we walked fifty thousand steps <laughs> we walked everywhere oh, in crap. rome it was uh it was really good and um so like the the first day that we arrived we went around uh the the vatican and uh, we went to the vatican museums and you could spend fucking days there like they've got an egyptian section they've got a greek and roman statue section they've got like all of the kind of renaissance artworks and just there, there is so like you can spend days in some of the rooms it is mm-hmm. absolutely in- incredible um and we were just kind of like we, we were there for like three hours we were just like just constantly going around because like you go you go to each room and then you kind of get funneled in and you can see the sistine chapel at the end um that that Michelangelo guy could paint. He was actually not too bad. Um, <laughs> I've heard that. Yeah, he was. He I've, heard was he, all right. I've heard he's good at stealings. I've heard he's good at stealings. Yeah, he did a he did a, <laughs> he did a semi decent job. Um, but yeah, I think like it was it was really good. Um, one of the things like I don't want to just t- talk you through absolutely everywhere that we went, but one of the things I found amazing about Rome that it it didn't really click until we visited the Colosseum and the Roman Forum. Uh, but, like, Rome has probably the most historical depth out of nearly any city on the planet. Maybe a little bit of a stretch. I mean, I'd say it's definitely up there. Yeah. Fucking top five, probably at least. Probably up there. Like, for, like, Rome in general, I mean, if you think about it, like, it's got all of the ancient Roman stuff. It's got all of the, like, Caesar's residence on like palatine hill and like it's got the coliseum there and then 
you've got the renaissance aspect of it and you've got all of the, the the stunning bits of architecture that came there and i'm trying to think of another city that's got the same level of that um there's probably some in the you know the middle east or potentially in mm -hmm. asia but i can't i can't think for the life of me like as a city like it's probably one of the most historical cities in the world i think i think it's one of the most well preserved which i think yes. makes it more it's one of those there's been a lot of effort put into the preservation but i think you know i mean my um one of my friends was in athens recently and it's so weird because you can see all the the ruins and all the everything else and it's just surrounded by like shops and like yeah and it's very kind of like in part of the everyday life yeah. whereas i feel like rome is much more kind of like um tourist town almost like it's almost like you're going to like the vatican There's... city is almost like going to like disney for like catholics almost. <laughs> it's like very, yes. very heavily curated and segregated off to be kept in a specific way yeah a hundred percent but i mean I, I did find it quite interesting that like obviously there is a lot of tourist appeal to rome but yes like the like it was weird walking around like you've got like Roman ruins on the left and you turn to the right and you've got this like giant like Italian Renaissance bit of architecture. Uh, you've got like the Trevi Fountain. You've got, um, you know, there's, there's, there's fucking loads. You've got like the Spanish steps and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And it's, I suppose it was just, it was quite, I don't know. I felt like weirdly, it was, it was, a, you were weirdly held in this kind of like historical like a lot of shit has happened in Rome. Like a lot of shit, um, and I like I don't know. I, I felt way more fascinated than let's say a trip to London, if you get me. Because I know that obviously London's, um, like growth and stuff. Like it was obviously yeah. quite old, but there's not there's not the same you know like ruins or anything. Um, but yeah, it's it depends. Like it's fascinating to me because. Um, I worked in the tourist industry in Scotland and there are people who treat Scottish castles and everything else as magical and I think yes. to me there's something of the other of it because I know when I when we were in France a lot as kids like it would feel different because it was a foreign castle so it was like I'm like but I literally grew up in a town that you could walk down the road and there'd be a castle Yeah. and to me that wasn't special but yeah. when I take Mothman who's American he'd be like there's a castle in this park and i'm like oh yeah that one that we, yeah it's just whatever you know like it's it's wild to him that i treat that as so normal yet when i go to other places i'm like wow this is really cool and it's just it, yeah. i think there is something of the other about it but oh, yeah, i yeah. think you are right with like rome and everything else there is that kind of the history's been so carefully preserved um yeah. whereas i feel like in other places like in, in london as well a lot of the history stuff's been turned into a gimmick like yeah. you can literally do Jack the Ripper tour guide, and it's got a, like a fun fair ride at the end of it, and I'm like, ah, that kind of detracts from it a wee bit for me. Just, just a little um, bit. <laughs> so it's it's one of those things where I think it, it depends on how the history's been preserved and how it's being interacted with. Yeah. Um, I genuinely love doing the um, is it Queen Mary's Close in Edinburgh, where you can yes. go underneath the city and see yep. old Edinburgh. I think that is magical. I yeah. would do that endlessly if I could. Um, but I, it's at the same time, like I don't get the same sense of history I get from the castle 
itself yeah but the castle itself has been done to death for me and it's not the the history of the people that lived there it's the history of the the noble and the wealthy yeah whereas i feel like when you're in like historical places in like especially in european countries where you know the old streets are still narrow you still walk everywhere you can be walking down the same paving paths that have been there for since the roman era and it's you know the parts of scotland i grew up in you will see roman ruins like you can you walked you know there's a roman ruin um without doxing my parents close to where my parents live and you know like it's really crazy it's just in the middle of a housing estate yeah, I mean, but like it's been it's been preserved. They put like a fence around it because it's a Roman ruin. I mean, they find know? they find Roman coins in Falkirk all the time. Yeah, um, because like obviously we had the Antonine Wall. Basically, the Roman Empire got to Falkirk and went fucking hell. We are not going any further than this. This is bad yeah. enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it was just I don't know, like being in Rome even for the short time that we were there, um, and like you know going to the Colosseum and stuff. It was like. It was nice in a way that, like, I haven't, like, there's, there's been a couple of times where I've felt like, whoa, this is very much, like, this is very, very historical. Um, but it was, it was nice to, like, nice to feel something again. It was nice to feel that again. It was, uh, it was good. The annoying thing is, is that the, like, the amount of fucking towers that are dotted about Rome I was just constantly being reminded of Assassin's Creed the entire time there's like there's like they went and they copied the towers right so all the towers that you fucking claim as Ezio when you're in Rome is like you can see like five of them from Palatine Hill right and yeah. and it just it just annoyed the hell out of me because part of me a small tiny part like a minuscule part of me like two percent of me was like I kind of want to replay, like, Assassin's Creed a little, like, a, a little bit, right? A little bit. On, only... uh, at least it wasn't I can climb that. <laughs> like, that would be the worst impulse. I I, like, see, if I was in Edinburgh, I would 100% sign up for the Edinburgh parkour classes. I would be, I'd be all about that. But, yeah, it's, like, I was, I was, like, because we, we, we went to the Pantheon, and a big part of, like, Assassin's Creed Ezio game is like you i think you you swan dive into the the pantheon from like the ceiling um mm-hmm. and it's just like i, I was like i, I kind of want to do it just so i can be like i've been in that street <laughs> i've been there <laughs> i've claimed that <laughs> but yeah it was, it was honestly it was uh it's pretty good they still need to do an assassin's creed scotland though i feel like it's a fucking no-brainer Right, we, that would be fun. Yeah. And we can rip it to Shrey as well. <laughs> exactly. Here's here's a good question for you, though. If it right. was, if there was an Assassin's Creed Scotland, and sorry for hijacking this and talking about Assassin's Creed. <laughs> um, I've not started the rant yet. If, okay, what time period would you like to see an Assassin's Creed Scotland set in? It would, for, for, me, for me, there's only two options. Um, but I'd be curious to hear what your first one was. Um, I probably Robert the Bruce would be an interesting one for me. Yeah, and I think other than that, um, I I can't think of anything now. Um, not seventeen forty five Culloden and stuff. Yeah, that would be my other one. Yeah. That would be 
it would be this the I, I was trying in my head i'm thinking am i being a cliche by saying outlander uh, yeah, i would nah. like to see that done so that it can <laughs> to see if they do it any better that would be my my one oh, thing they definitely wouldn't oh that's oh yeah that's the thing that we haven't spoken about diane and the bold and... Oh, Danica Baldwin, yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> fucking that was scotch, scotch bonnet, scotch bonnet, like you wearing what? your scotch bonnet, <laughs> and 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 the the SMP that have ruled Scotland since the nineteen fifties. I know, have... since the mid twentieth century. What? For those <laughs> unaware, Diana Gabaldon, who is the author of the famously inaccurate Outlander series, um, came out with a tweet, was it this week? Yeah. La- yeah. It was, it was this yeah. week's taken forever, it was this week saying that Scottish hats, the, the, the man's hat, which is typically called a tam shanter yeah. or a, a bonnet if you will, yeah. and her response was, it has historically always been called a Scotch bonnet, including by Scots, until the SNP came to power in the mid 20th century. Every Scottish person on Twitter went what (laughs) (laughs) it was like what uh yeah scotch bonnet is a type of pepper it is it's a chili pepper and it's supposed it's a quite a hot one i think just call it she's literally everything in scotland's called a scotch it's like just call us fucking jocks hen just just keep doing like it she speaks with such authority about things that she has no clue about and it winds me up to no end and yeah. you were in fucking Rome when it happened so <laughs> I had no one to tweet at but anyway it was, it was... <laughs> oh, man. I mean, you, you were sitting there like fucking dumbfounded you were like oh my god I was. how how I was. like how like okay if you care so much about your like you, you, you know the thing that made you famous you're known for the outlander books fucking research the country for less than like you know for a bit more than five minutes it just seemed so ah. i have a fun st- i have a fun story that most people here probably know if they follow my <laughs> i think but... we've actually heard this a couple <laughs> of times now go on when i was when <laughs> i was 17 to 18 i worked in a fairly well-known tea house establishment in glasgow and um it was a big tourist hub and one time it was just me and an American couple came in, very nice, very polite. They sat in my section and they were there the whole day and they were telling me how this is their first time in Scotland, all the things they're doing and seeing, and they were asking me about Glasgow and you know different things. And eventually the husband gets up and leaves and it's just me and this very polite, it has to be said, woman sitting in my section. And she turns to me and she starts asking, but what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I'm at university. I study English literature, blah, blah, blah. And somehow it gets on to, I want to write books when I grow up. And she starts asking me what I want to write. And then she goes, have you heard of the Outlander series? And in my head, I'm just like, oh, for fuck's sake, it's one of those Americans. Because Outlander at this time is very popular, if only because everyone wants to shag Jamie Fraser. And... It's fair. I'm in my head, and, and my response to her was kind of like, yeah, yeah. And she's like, oh, you don't sound very enthusiastic. And I'm like, yeah, you can tell the author's never been to Scotland or done much research. And she just kind of goes quiet for a bit, and then we're chatting more about things. And she's like, so what What would you say, like, we were chatting, like, what would you say the author could do better? And I'm like, Wikipedia. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Literally anything. <laughs> 
and then it kind of dies off. The kitchen's like, oh, we've got new shortbread. So I, I'm giving her shortbread and tea and everything else. And she she pays me a wonderful tip at the end of it, has to be said. It was a fantastic tip considering who this was and what <laughs> I'd just done. And with the tip, she hands me a card. And she says, contact me when you write your book. And I thought to myself, weird, but okay. Uh, flash forward 10, 15 years. And I'm watching an Outlander interview documentary and I'm staring at this woman like, why do I know you? Why? Why do I know you? And then she was talking about how she'd only ever visited Scotland once and it was, you know, within the last 10 years. And I felt my soul exit my body as I realized I had told Diana Gabaldon her workbook was shit to her face so and that she'd done no research. So anyway, uh, I asked my dad to go find that card for me because I know I kept it. I know it's somewhere back home and I'm like, I need you to give me the address on that card <laughs> because I have to send hunger pangs to someone. Did so you? I, I, my dad is, my dad is hunting for the address for me because the card is in my, my, my old bedroom back home. Amazing. So my dad is currently looking for it. So that is what's happening. <laughs> but, um, Fantastic. I, it was a genuine moment where she got dragged to filth by like a little 17 year old waitress who's just <laughs> serving her tea by going, oh, very good actually. It's quite, uh, <laughs> kind of shite. The, right. the, the language is not even Scottish. And like... Oh man. Whoops. That is. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're actually saying is that um, that tweet that we were all subjected to where she was talking about the Scottish bonnet was probably like some sort of revenge designed to fuck you off. <laughs> probably me personally, yes. It was designed 15 years later to make me as angry as possible by yes. showing that she learned nothing from her visit to Scotland. <laughs> um, so that was... Oh, I just, I mean, she's so famous as like a, you know... And there's a lot of Scottish people who are like, oh, she's so good for Scottish tourism. And I'm like, yeah, by making people go to our ancient standing stones and chipping them off yeah. for keepsakes. They're destroying parts of our history. Anyway, but it was just, she speaks with such authority about, about things that she has no clue about because she's created her own fictional version of Scotland that she prefers because it validates her weird saviour colonizer complex that she has. Yeah. Um, I don't know much about her <laughs> beyond that. And to be honest, like, see the... I think I stopped watching the show in, like, the third season or something. I, like, I did originally get quite into it. And then, I, I don't know, they went to America and I went, ugh. The, the whole, I could do anyway. a person, but we're happy to live in a plantation thing really rubbed me. The, I stopped oh. watching it, the American one, too. I, so, was, I, was, I, don't, yeah. I don't think I even saw up to that. I saw the... the they were in the Caribbean for a bit. And you did, sorry, you did get some clear white saviour stuff where she was very yeah. affronted um, by the by the slave trade happening. And then they, they got shipwrecked off the coast of America. And that's, I was like, that's enough for me. Thanks. Cheers. Yeah, it was, it was very clear that who's the main character has like a whole, I could never benefit from slavery. And yet she lives in... The, the plantation for months on end having fancy dresses and being dressed by slaves that are treated nicely and I'm just like mm, you're uh don't worry she's a she's a good slave owner <laughs> yeah yeah it's that trope it's that very kind of like sickening 
but don't worry, they were good about it. And it's just like, yeah, <laughs> like uncomfortable, very, very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, I think. Um, Speaking speaking of good slave owners, actually, uh, we were gonna have a wee chat about Hogwarts Legacy, um, which we're we're not gonna go into depth on like the game itself because I feel like that's been done to death by a million people, um, but yeah, there's you can own you can own a house elf in the new game that's coming out. I think um, that's yeah. You can you can also visit the the. Uh, the elf slave kitchens um that that can be a fun room to explore there's probably going to be a collectible or two in in there um for those who can't see the video right now you can just see the will to live <laughs> leaving my body so just... we're, we're okay so I, I won't i won't talk too much about the game but i do think there's going to be this really interesting like we were kind of talking about it a bit before but in terms of like like content creators and streamers there's obviously like all the mainstream ones are going to be playing this game because yes it's it's like mainstream that the they won't see it as like i don't want to i don't want to like bum anyone out but the game is going to be popular the game is going to be a, a like a mainstream success and don't be too surprised if it ends up being game of the year just because of the amount of hype that's there. So I'm going to put yeah. that forward first. That being said, there has been, like, I think quite a lot of people, particularly from our content creation side, that there's going to be, like, an acute awareness of, like, the type of content creator you are if, yes. like for content you want to play this game and i know that there'll be people who hate play it the same way that people hate watch shows um because they'll want to try and rip it apart and there'll be people who are uber fans who um are very much desperate to um you know almost rub it in kind of trans people's faces and like what trans people um and allies have been speaking out against supporting something that's explicitly like helping jk rowling like there's there's obvious like there's pushback against that in general like people don't want um don't tell me that the game that i'm playing could have a uh, adverse effects on people um it's got nothing mm -hmm. nothing to do with me and then you get all of the other kind of like excuses like oh well i'm supporting the devs the devs have already been paid um yeah you know like that that kind of level of, of discourse and like I, I do I do think that there will I don't want to maybe there won't be like a line down the middle but I think I like me personally I would be a little bit skeptical about like being quite open and chatty with a like another streamer that feels compelled to like defend their right to stream the game if you get me yeah like if you're gonna play the game like just you don't need to make it like a stance but like i i know that there'll be people who play the game and they just keep it quiet and they'll play the game right i don't have any intention on playing the game i certainly don't have any intention of like streaming the game but i think there will definitely be some content creators that see other content creators streaming the game and kind of put them on a like mm, i don't know i don't really want to be associated with you and i think yeah. 
I think there will be content creators that do stream the game who react extremely negatively to any pushback from them streaming it. And that'll that'll breed its own kind of thing. Um, it's it's a very kind of um it is polarizing mm-hmm. for a lot for content creators it's very... because I've seen so many people coming out and saying, I have to do what's popular to keep my business running. And this is something that we've dealt with a lot in my community from the writer's aspect is sometimes you have to pick. Yeah. Sometimes you have to pick that there's going to be some lean months where you do not engage with something because it is bad. Um, I fully disengage from some people within my community because they are toxic. And it's it's that kind of like, well, I have to do like there's a, So there's a difference between like, the big thing in my world is people going, oh, we can't avoid Amazon for, for KDP, which is Kindle Direct Publishing, because we can't. But you can avoid engaging with authors that write problem. Like the the most famous one I can think of is the Nazi romance series. Like, why would you choose to be affiliated with? Yeah, there there's a lot of people that fucking what (laughs) historical Nazi romance series uh, that came out in 2020 uh, of all years, and. You know, there's there's different types of discourse. There's the we literally cannot not use Amazon even though it's evil, and then there's you can choose who you associate with, and you can choose not to be part of their newsletters. You can choose not to be part of their 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 book tours. You can choose not to do, you know, interviews with them. You can choose those things just as you can choose to not engage with Hogwarts Legacy if you're a streamer. And the idea that, well, I have to engage with what is trending at the moment and what is getting views to maintain my, you know, my standard is like, okay, well, what do you care more about? Having integrity and maintaining your core audience and not hurting them? Or do you just do what is best for your clicks? Hmm. And I... it. It's one of those very weird where people are saying it's the exact same thing if you if you play this game you're an evil person versus you know like it it's it there's very clearly drawn lines for some of these things and I think a lot of big content creators have more sway to be like well I'm not going to engage with it because I can therefore a lot of these big content creators could alter the path of what is popular if they chose to yeah and I don't think a lot of them will I think a lot of them will stay quite comfortable in their little they have the same amount of followers and views and clicks and um and it shouldn't the onus should not be on small content creators to say actually no fuck you i'm not engaging with this thing yeah. and it's the same with like the a lot of the indie romance stuff that i mean indie publishing in general but we get we are, we are the ones that are having to say hey this is not okay to have in our community and it's all the big name authors are like, I, I don't see it, I don't know what's happening, it's, and it's just like, like it's, it's very frustrating. I think the um, it's interesting that like there there will be people that spit the dummy, and mm-hmm. like you know they they almost get that kind of like petulant defensiveness, um, and mm-hmm. I hundred percent see that happening with this game, a hundred percent see it happening. I think it's gonna be, um. I think it'll be extremely polarizing. Um, like you're already seeing creators who have like have had early access to the game, and there will be probably smaller creators that maybe for the first time they 
get to play the game before other people and that's how you kind of pull them in and it's it's mm -hmm. cuddly and stuff but like as someone who obviously streams and who has um you know i've done like sponsorships you know with like udi and like huel and stuff like that like that stuff that i would actually like kind of use and and do and i feel like i don't i don't chase sponsorships in the same way that maybe other people do and i know that there'll be people who will want to point to their early access preview of a, a hogwarts game as like this is why you should be sponsored by me but like mm -hmm. i think there's quite a lot of people out there that um like you know is something that you know you don't really want to do as like a content creator at all is you don't want to like chase absolutely every opportunity because it just makes you look sporadic as fuck um but yeah i think uh it's yeah it's one of the one of one of those games i, I just wanted to touch on it briefly i don't think we need to go into it yeah. there's lots of like there's lots of stuff in regards to the game that's already been flagged by other people um but i am curious to see how that turns out when it when it launches because i think it will be probably a bit more polarizing than 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 others um so there was other game news however um i played one of the like the best games i've like i've played this year and i know that we are still in january um but it was <laughs> there was a there was a game called hi-fi rush that was released and it's like a rhythm game with a fantastic art style like cartoony art style um and the main character is a guy called chai and he, he's got an ipod embedded in his chest and it's like a rhythm action game and i i streamed it uh, on friday and it was genuinely incredible it felt so fucking good to play um and i think one of the things that's interesting about it is that it is it has eclipsed um for spoken which is another game that was released last week, I believe. I have no idea what, how long January has been. This has been the most insufferable January it's been ever. Ten, it's been 84 years, to be honest. It's, we're all that women at the Titanic going, it's been 84 years. And it's fucking <laughs> January 29th. So as, as Waffle Fraud is saying in chat, Hi-Fi Rush has sold more copies than Forspoken. It released after Forspoken. There was no marketing. It was a surprise release. Um, that was announced at the I think it was like a Bethesda showcase, and uh, it is it is sales kind of past for spoken in regards to to sales, and the really interesting comparison between the two is that they have the same kind of dialogue, and like for spoken was like heavily criticised in its writing as being cringy, mm -hmm. like it's that kind of. Um, Whedon-esque dialogue that you'd find in Marvel. Um, yeah. Everything's equipped. Everything's yeah, equipped. Ev everything's equipped. However, the the cartoony hi-fi rush game has the same level of quips and, you know, everything's quite wacky and funny, but it, it works because of the art style and because of what's on screen and and everything else at least it works it works for me and i was trying to have like a good thing of like i've not played for spoken all i've seen is like the videos and i think the writing 
in general for both is probably fine but i i was wondering how much the art style played a role in my acceptance of that yeah. type of writing in one medium versus a different one uh for for spoken because for spoken's going super real it's like it's going for a realistic world um it's you know the the graphics and everything are very very real um mm-hmm. And it it was just interesting the balance, and I had to I, like I was kind of checking myself as well because it's like holy shit is this is this a protagonist thing? Because for spoken you've got a black woman who's the mm-hmm. main the main character, and then you've got like kind of white guy for high fi rush, and I was like have I like have I got a kind of like prejudice here? But I think it's because the realism side of for spoken makes the quippy dialogue feel a lot less i don't know as it's like a lot less natural and a lot more forced and i feel like you could easily create like a cartoon character and a cartoon world in forspoken and i was kind of thinking it would work a bit better but Mm -hmm. i thought i've not looked at forspoken it was something that i was looking at going oh that would be it looks graphically pleasing to me and but all the reviews I've been seen have been like, oh, it's it's not well written. It's very kind of like, it's it's Marvel esque. It's that yeah. kind of like, there's no cohesiveness to it. There's no depth for something that looks so real. There's nothing real about the the way anything's been written, which is a shame. Um, whereas you can get away with a lot more kind of like silly comic relief, you know, quippy one-liners if it's animated i think because yeah. it, it is it's about being genre savvy as um was it yeah kahita said that in in chat but it's the it's knowing your genre and knowing what you're writing to and also what people expect from what they're being kata thank you for correcting me from knowing what you what is being broadcast to you through the genre and i yeah. think it was a miscommunication of like it's that kind of um I think all the trailers and stuff that I saw for First Spoken miscommunicated what the game would be. Yeah. Based think, on how it looks and how it's been. I mean, enacted. I think I think people have probably gone out of their way to hate on Forspoken a bit more because it's had a chance to build up. When the when the trailer first came out and people heard the um you know, the the writing for the first time, um it was it was mocked relentlessly and I think that like while a lot of the writing i've heard is pretty poor um i i i do think people have probably gone like out of their way to try and like hate on the game a little bit more than it than it should be that being said i do take issue with any i think it looks like it's unreal engine 5 and it kind of still looks like a tech demo um which i don't know i'm not i've got a thing about unreal engine 5 it's it just seems weird but like there was a really good article that was written about it and it was like a guy who was exploring why he finds that type of dialogue like cringy and like why he why he felt like it didn't work and it's because like it feels like the writers can't take the work that they're doing like seriously like that that hi-fi rush game is absolutely not taking itself seriously from the very beginning. It is a ridiculous, like yeah, it's like it's a ridiculous concept because a guy is about to get his arm replaced, 
with a robotic arm and as he goes into the machine his iPod falls in with him and he fuses with it um and that's the like that's the concept which is ridiculous um and I feel like a kind of forspoken one uh like you know it's it's not it's trying to be serious like one of the like one of the like characters in the game it's like you know, there's these like high priestesses of the realm that have been corrupted and they're called mm-hmm. tantas and she takes the main protagonist like prisoner and the protagonist is being all quippy and stuff and it's like while that's good and i do kind of like the fish out of water stories where it's like someone gets whisked away to a, a fantasy world and they've got to learn new things um someone being overly sarcastic and stuff almost immediately uh, is a bit odd um it's yeah it's that very kind of you there's no introduction to the character beyond they're an asshole yeah almost yeah um, um which doesn't land a lot of the time um sorry we're all looking at holly mop on your looking at holly mop just trying to get onto my desk ah what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> so i so dead space the remake has also come out yeah this is the gaming section of the podcast now we, we're totally yeah we're going we're, we're talking games um but the dead space remake came out um, and did you know that Dead Space is now woke, Joy? It is now, it's now woke. I shall, I shall read out some of the, some of the Steam, uh, discussion boards. Is this game actually woke? About wokeness. Why is there so much wokeness injected into this? Kill thirty enemies. Achievement is broken. Every character but Isaac is gay. And my personal favourite, woke boobs for more stable FPS. So apparently they adjusted the size of the boobs of one of the characters and um, they they, they are claiming that the justification for this from the developer is that having slightly smaller boobs uh, would create a more stable FPS um. I, I mean <laughs> as someone who's installed Jiggle Mods to Skyrim I don't disagree <laughs> but that's also Skyrim and not Dead Space uh, it's it's wild the things that people come away with it really oh, really my, is so like I think there's there's like a reference to like one of the characters like so far in my playthrough of um a guy who refers to his boyfriends like he, he's like he's had he's mm-hmm. had a, he goes um he's like they've all he's like he, you know he's saying it in a kind of like um panicked way he's like oh my god they've all they've all turned uh sarah like sarah turned my colleague sarah and a couple of my ex-boyfriends turned and he like he's saying it in this like panicked way and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> i it's can't throw, it's just a, a completely throwaway line it, it doesn't like it absolutely doesn't fucking matter everyone's a necromorph the ishimura's fucked like it's over like the whole thing's a nightmare um but yeah there seems to be a lot of people who've picked up on um like there's there has been some slight writing changes to embellish a bit more on the world and a lot of them so far in my playthrough have been like pretty solid um like i don't know how much you know about the original dead space but i do was, i remember watching it yeah like it was like it was really good and really creepy at the time um but 
like what was embellished more in like Dead Space Two was like the Church of Unitology and how mm-hmm. like how it all kind of happened and you don't really get fed a lot of that throughout the throughout your journey in Dead Space One. Um, but they go a lot harder on it in in this. So they've rewritten some story pieces. Um, they've fleshed out a bit of the characters, which is quite nice. Um, and Isaac talks a lot more, which is an interesting choice because he's always been quite a cool, silent protagonist. Um, mm-hmm. But he, like, he, I'd say it's, it's been pretty good so far. It's quite, um, like, it's quite... Like, I, I quite like the way that it's been done from, a, like, a remake perspective because I think they've... They've kept and honoured the um, the original premise of the game, but they've core they've, of it. They've kept the core intact. Yeah, they've they've fleshed out some bits because I think they had to completely remake it. I think they they ended up doing the like they've remodelled the Necromov. So like, is they've made it fucking creepy as shit. Actually, like limbs have like nice. layers to it now. So like originally you would use the the plasma cutter to like cut off a limb now you can shoot a limb once and like the skin will come away and you'll see the bone underneath and it's, it's like it's way is like way more extreme like so they've got a completely new um kind of like physics model on the body and how the body like comes apart um which is cool it's very gross but it's also very cool that they're able to do that it's 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 technically very cool and sorry if that made anyone super squeamish but like it it's like is it quite a technical marvel um they also have some rooms that were like originally closed in the in the first in the original game and they've got like they've now got like many puzzles so you can like unlock parts of the ship that were previously unopenable and yeah like you know that comes with like cool jump scares and different like audio logs and text logs and it's it's really quite good so far it's still very much the same game but i, I do think it has been enhanced quite a bit um so yeah that's that's the other kind of release that, that came i out. think i think for a lot of people that get offended over these changes they're for people that are very <laughs> snowflakes get offended by everything they sure do get offended by a lot of things oh, that yeah. don't really impact a lot like it's very like oh the character said oh it destroyed my boyfriend you know the thing ate my boyfriends or whatever so what yeah like Who that doesn't distract from yeah like if you're though if you're that like upset by <laughs> yeah. casual throwaway things like oh the boobs got made smaller and if it's a ridiculous reason like oh yeah it makes the fps more stable that's just ridiculous you can just make boobs smaller because we have better design tools now and not everyone needs to look like they've got like a 1950s bullet bra on that yeah. i mean that was a thing with tomb raider when they made lara croft less like pixelated they like they she lost some of her her like assets that everyone was very fond of but it's like if that was your sole reason for playing tomb raider like just keep playing the old version yeah like you you don't need to like if you don't like the thing don't engage with it um that's I, it yeah I'm, I'm currently uh i'm currently looking at uh the <laughs> i'm currently looking at some of the some of the lists and some of the discussion boards and they are like Folk are, folk are fucking mental. Like, I'm sorry, but, like, they're just... Why, like, they're railing against the whole um, 
the, the woke side of things as if as like I'm, I'm sorry but dead space contains the story of a giant mining spaceship that mines a planet and rips chunks of the planet out to be mined there is a colony on that planet they find an evil marker that turns people in to necromorphs which is a kind of like basically sci-fi zombie and they grow extra limbs everywhere how is that not an anti-capitalism story? And people are like, well, this is fucking woke. The, f- the original game wasn't about... <laughs> wasn't... That's it's right. But in... when, like, the way that Star Wars become political? Always! <laughs> yes. It has always been political. You just weren't paying attention. I'm, I'm like, I'm desperate to find out. Like, yeah, there's just... It's... Like, I do not understand where people... Like, are coming from another thing that people have also been calling the game woke for is the improved accessibility features um <laughs> who would have thought uh, but there's a there's been um something that i actually thought was quite a good uh, addition is that prior to cutscenes and prior to specific points in game you can have the game tell you to um like to to, to basically give you a content warning um so for example um there's one scene in the medical bay you go inside a door and one of the nurses is like hacking up a dead body in front of her right she's like it's like she's lost her mind and she's like still trying to perform surgery on someone who's just in pieces right and then she turns around and sees you looks directly at the camera and then like slits her own throat right very graphic very over the top and not something that quite a lot of people would want to see, probably. I mean, if you're playing a horror game, it might be part of the parcel, but for some, it's not. So there's an accessibility setting that blurs that content. So you'll get, like, a, a an image over it so you don't actually see it being done. Um, it warns you that the audio doesn't change, um, so you will still hear all of the audio. Um, and you can also have the game tell you prior to it happening that there's a scene containing certain extreme violent imagery ahead and that's really cool though yeah it's like that's like it's how a really solid remaster has been done i mean if you look at some of the other like high quality remasters that have been done recently i think the last of us part one got praised a lot for it but like they really Mm -hmm. they they looked at the original game and were like how do we how do we make this more accessible for people and game accessibility is a massive massive thing now like it's becoming way more common and way more expected um i think there probably sometimes does need to be a little bit of a balance between an indie game that maybe can't offer all of the like accessibility features under the sun but like the ones that like the small indies that go out their way to do things like controller remapping like really really impacts folk who have maybe physical disabilities and they can't you know use certain buttons on the controller for example mm-hmm. um so being able to re- remap that's really good but triple a studios there should be like a standard um and i think having stuff like that that allows people to play is really really quite good more people should experience game stories there you go and it, it comes back to like people that complain about how oh you're playing on easy mode you're not really experiencing it yeah People play games for different reasons. Yeah. I intentionally turn, like, even with Skyrim, I just turn God Mode on because I don't want to fucking fight a dragon anymore. I've been playing that game for however many years? Ten years? I want to wander around being a bard. 
playing my songs, picking flowers. Like I, I play yeah. games for different experiences. If yeah. I want to play the, the, the story fighting game, I will turn that off and play a different character. Yeah. And it's you know, I like to have my options open. Like even with like um there was a game I played recently and it was uh and I, I can't even remember the name of it, but it was there was no easy option because when you tried to click on easy it was, What are you, a pussy? And I was just like, uh, Okay, well that just that I that's a refund. That's <laughs> still lost. Yeah. And it was a very weird thing to be like, Oh, you just have to get good at video games. It's a hobby. You don't have to be good at it. You are there to enjoy it. It's funny because, like, the flip side of that that I've seen recently is, and I'm actually I quite like the idea is, um, like, obviously people talk about game balance, right? And like, this is always the hardest thing to do is that normally you have, for those of you who don't know, normally in a game you have one mode which is a how the game is supposed to be played. And then mm-hmm. you have a harder difficulty for your diehards or your veterans, and then you have a, an easier difficulty. I think quite a lot of uh, people that I've seen recently have been swapping out the actual term easy mode for just story mode. Because, um, mm-hmm. like, you know, I would I would want someone to be able to experience The Witcher 3 as a story and enjoy a story mode than, you know, get put off by, like, having to do regular um so i I quite like some of the games that i play i I, like i i will say this i used to be an absolute diehard and to be honest in some games i still am but like you know i was i was uh i need to complete this on the hardest difficulty otherwise my way my life is worthless and i'm a piece of shit um you know i was like that level and i was also like an achievement hunter as well and I, I now see myself as a recovering achievement hunter because um, <laughs> I try not to like bother too much about it. And then it's like I kind of like sometimes when I'm playing games, I really do just want to like enjoy the story and have fun. And like I think um, when we were playing the forest together, um, it was fun to dial up the forest difficulty because we were playing the forest. We were building our own um our own fort and we were just gonna defend it and we didn't care about the story um yeah but if we were we just got, we got we got an achievement which was avoid the story line. yeah exactly that? <laughs> yeah that was fun it was like deliberately not look for your son <laughs> yeah oh man sons of the forest comes out next month oh we should play that we that should, should be uh we should take a week off from the podcast and just play it for yes, a sunday we should. That'll be really good. Do you know that you have NPCs in it, though? You can have allies. So That's cool. Wh- one ally is just this random dude um, who you can instruct to go and cut trees. And, like, they're, they're actually intelligent, and they'll go and they'll, like, create a pile for you. And they'll just keep doing it. Um, but there's also a Virginia NPC who's friendly and who can help you. And she has, she has three arms, and so she holds a shotgun, and then she's got another arm coming out, like, the top, and it holds a pistol. <laughs> she's like, cool. Sounds, that sounds, yeah. Can we yeah. adopt her? Is that, this is our new child. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like it's, apparently you can, you can find her, you can find her at, uh, like, a barn, or you can find her, like, shivering in the wilderness under a waterfall. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit like oh no what is it oh no there's gonna be sons of the forest rule 34 already but 
I'm sure there already is. <laughs> I'm not yeah. going to look for it though. I feel kind of compelled to now. <laughs> but no, like that's that in your own time <laughs> that'll, that'll be that'll be good though i mean like i'm i'm looking forward to to that and to be honest I, I actually thought february was absolutely full of games and i think there's only a couple that i'd be that'd be after my um i think it's february hang on i need to check now because i'm desperate to find out i think my um mark of the rose from failed fallen london is out mm. so that that'll be my romance game that i'll be playing non-stop that nice. was april it was moved to april so yeah february there's um there's there's atomic heart which looks quite fun atomic heart yeah, uh, is like a, a sci-fi like like soviet supremacy <laughs> uh, game where it's like you fight i think it got a little bit of pushback though because of um the like i think one was the optimization they had like an nvidia gameplay trailer demo and it was like stuttering like hell um mm -hmm. but we'll uh we'll we'll see how that goes my um, uh medieval dynasty game they're they're coming up with a wild west version in february oh cool and that should it should in theory have multiplayer on it potentially so that could be fun we could build a ranch and pretend we're in red dead 2 in the happy timeline <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's exactly what we can do um i know that february for me is going to be super busy oh that was another thing i was doing today by the way i was preparing my my costume uh for this for this oh event. that's for, right yeah so, so there's an event it's not it's not tomorrow it's the following monday um and i i am i am intrigued i am interested to see uh how it goes but the costumes coming together it's looking very cool i've um like my my mum has been my like saving grace with this because I'm not a costume designer, but she's been helping me out because she's got all like the fabric scissors and she's like she nice. she used to work in the theater so she's like very uh, like she she knows like I've I've got this really I'm not I'm not great at seeing like bits of material and knowing exactly what could be crafted into like good cosplay sort of stuff. Um, but she's she's made me like leather shoulder pauldrons, uh, and, nice. and, a, and and a gauntlet, and I've got um I've got a bit of fur and like a belt, um and then I'm gonna be wearing a kilt at the bottom, so I'm gonna you're I'm gonna be the best dressed on there. Oh, de I mean the <laughs> the moment I got a kilt, I was like I'm gonna look a fucking class here, um but yeah I'm I'm very excited for it. It should be good fun. Um, nice. Uh, oh, and that's another thing I'm gonna mention. I'm gonna totally hijack our uh, our podcast to like post random stuff um but the like the next um like steam next fest is coming out um so steam next fest for anyone who plays games and who doesn't know already steam next fest there's like a shitload of demos that come out and people add like tons of games onto their wish list um so the the game that i'm helping work on uh, we've got a demo out that's actually now uh, so i would really encourage anyone to play that because it'll be it'll be cool it's spiritfall on steam go and play it um it's really good um it does look good i've watched you play bits of it before i'm, I'm hoping to play some of the demo on stream i think because uh it's it's very i don't know i find it like quite addicting if you like if anyone likes hades or if anyone likes um kind of like platform fighters um 
It's been described by some people as Hades meets Smash Bros, which is, I'd say, quite... It's interesting. Yeah, I'd say it's pretty, pretty good. Um, and also wishlist it. That would be super helpful. Um, but yeah, I think... Uh, well, we'll have to run a poll next week, Joy. That's what we'll do. We'll run a poll, and that poll will ask, uh, how sick is the iSphere audience of hearing about games? Because uh, I feel like I slip, <laughs> I, I slip into my comfort zone really, really quickly. Um, but yeah, we'll, you know, we'll if ask Tumblr, them. if Tumblr gave us polls, we could find out. But I have not yet been gifted with oh. polls because they know. I, I, do you have them? No, I don't. I don't think I've got them. How do you do them? Is it just a create uh, post thing? It's in a it's a create a new post thing. I'm actually going to see if the iSphere has it because if the iSphere has it and I don't, that would be fucking hilarious. <laughs> Um, yeah. it does not. There we go. Bugger. But yeah, so close. They're, they're still they're they're still rolling out polls slowly, and everyone's spreading the misinformation. Like, oh, it's just like the instant messages. You infect people with it. You don't. That's not how it works. Staff are just doing a slow rollout. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Nah, that's that's fair. Right, I think. I mean, I don't know. Is it, is it safe to... I think we're, we're, we're done. I think we're done. I, I, I think, think we're, we're done, done for the day. I think it's better to play it safe than try and strain another thing on, but we'll be a bit more prepared next week. Um, I, I'm exhausted. Uh, like, I mean, I was, I was in Rome at the start of this week, so I'm fucking goosed. I need a sleep. Um, <laughs> we, we, yeah, I just, I just need to go and, like, just sleep for 40 years. That's valid. Um... But okay, in that case, we'll we'll wrap up here. Um, for those of you who are in Twitch chat, don't go anywhere because we will be hanging around for a wee bit afterwards and we'll shout together into the ether. Um, and uh, if you are listening on the podcast, thank you very much for doing so. Um, for downloading. Yeah, thank you for downloading. It really means a lot. We are getting uh, pretty good download numbers, uh, which is pretty, pretty spicy. We'll give you an update on that soon, actually, because... Yeah, I think we've hit a milestone recently, Joy. Um, what? So, see, I uh, don't check the numbers. <laughs> I just rely on you to tell me what the numbers I, are. I, 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 met, I meticulously check the numbers. Anyway, thanks very much for joining us again for uh, episode three of season two, and we will see you next time. Bye bye.